Hello, and welcome to another episode of Bone Zone, the podcast where we talk about the TV show Bones and dudes we want to bone. I am your host, uh, Jack Smith, along with my delightful co-host, Sen Lu. Oh, hello. Hi, buddy. How are you? Hey. Um, This week's episode is from season one, episode 10, The Woman at the Airport. Yes. I said that and then I immediately forgot what this episode was about. I watched it two hours ago. Same. Um, so let's get into it. <laughs> I can't wait. Um, I'm also going to make a real effort, just FYI, to everyone mm. listening. It's come to my attention that I talk super fast. <laughs> this week, no less than four different interactions with people oh, no. saying like, hey, hey, can you stop for a minute? <clears throat> I didn't catch any of that. Um, so it's, yeah, I think I talk a lot like super fast and I don't know if that's made this podcast hard to listen to and you're not catching my excellent jokes and zingers, (laughs) which is my main concern. (laughs) So I'm going to make a real effort to slow down, but listeners write in if you feel like that's not happening. (laughs) I mean, I sometimes can talk fast, but I feel like I always understand you, but maybe I'm just used to it. Wow. <laughs> oh no, was that beast? No, that made that was hilarious. And you're probably right. I probably just Also, it's not like you talk fast all the time. I think when you get excited about stuff you talk fast. Which, well, I mean we And all it's do. so hard for me to not get excited about these episodes. How could you not? They're hilarious. I also feel like I need to caveat that like in our current pandemic times. Mm. You know, it's been like a weird emotional experience. We're all feeling stressed and anxious. Um I realized later at the end of the episode that a lot of my notes are very negative criticisms. And I, I know mean, that's always what we're doing. But I just want to say this might be pretty heavy handed in how little <laughs> patience that I have. And then we can do our great thing where I say something really mean and then you say something really understanding and compassionate. But I just wanted to caveat at the top. This might not be the feel good episode everyone's looking for. I mean, that's true. I found myself. I mean, I'm always cynical. Um, I try, I have to like make an effort to be more optimistic. Mm -hmm. Um, it's kind of hard and I, I am surprisingly a relatively social person. So being this isolated has not been great for my like state of mind and mood. I've been totally cranky and like very kind of, they'll never know because I'm behind a computer screen, but like getting really annoyed much more quickly with like co-workers and stuff oh sure whereas i i don't think i usually would have so i uh, yeah i'm not like in the greatest mood generally aside from hanging out with you which oh, makes me so you. happy thanks and i cry laughing oh <laughs> it's the best it's so, a hard time for everyone it's weird very weird yeah. but you know what let's rip the shit out of this episode let's do it <laughs> Because it starts off with Zach being really fucking rude. Oh, my God. <laughs> There's a lot of weird themes in this episode. Um, so much rudeness. Shitting on Dr. Goodman for not being a real archaeologist anymore became a real prominent storyline. He seems like a very nice man. I don't think we've seen any conflict between him and any of the characters no. thus far. But apparently they all... Well, it's really only Hodgins yeah. is the one that's being super rude. Zach is being unex- like just tactless. He doesn't realize what he's saying is rude. Mm-hmm. But Hodgins is just shitting on Dr. Goodman a lot. Yeah. So they, a body is brought in from supposedly from the Iron Age. Mm-hmm. And uh, it is brought to the Jeffersonian so that they could kind of like verify. Ver- 
Perfect. Verify it. Make sure it's it is what it is, and also just kind of identify where it's from and who it is. Yeah. Generally, ish. Um, and so, um, Dr. Goodman kind of leaves it in the hands of Bones because he's like the head of the department. He's kind of more of an administrator. Yeah. He has to run an institution. Yeah. Um, and so, Zach <laughs> goes. Don't, didn't you used to be an archaeologist? Right. Like, I'm sorry, but every day I try not to offend my boss. Yes. To his face. I like, mean, what? In Zach's defense, I don't think he meant it in a mean way. Right. It was because they were all talking about how if these are truly Iron mm. Age remains, they would be among the finest, like most yeah. intact remains It'd be ever. A pretty exciting discovery. Right. And yeah. then so Zach, and then so when, you know, he's like, you know what? You know, Dr. Brennan, you mm-hmm. take this. Everyone was like, wait, this is so prestigious. You don't want to take part. Mm-hmm. And then that's when Zach is like, didn't you used to be an archaeologist? And I yeah. feel like a pretty innocent way. It just came out super harsh. Yeah. Um, I agree. So I, I mean, if anything, you would think that it'd be really nice. Someone like that could easily be like, oh, I want all like the credit. Totally. So I'm going to take this for me. Exactly. He was being really nice. He was being really thoughtful. Like my job right now is yeah. to take care of all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. And as much as I want to do this other thing, I, you know, yeah. have to be responsible. I'll step back. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I was literally like, when this first happened in the first 30 seconds of the episode, I was like, oh God, is this going to be an episode where Dr. Goodman quits or something (laughs) (laughs) to like find himself again or something? (laughs) He does a real eat, pray, love thing. Yeah. (laughs) He just like goes searching for the meaning he had lost in his life or something. Um, So then I was like, "Uh oh, this is going to be a bones tally because. Oh, yes. Zach was like. Uh, be- they basically don't want to touch the remains too much and um, fiddle with them because they're very they're 1500 years old or whatever they're very fragile and so zach goes you know oh so we're gonna use kid gloves and then all bonesies says latex should be fine and i went uh-oh i loud i said oh that's gonna be a bones tally girl you are so right and yeah. actually there was two because the exchange was yes no latex should be all right and then and then she stops and she goes, oh, Zach, were you being metaphorical? Mm-hmm. And Zach is like, yeah, I, I gave it a, a shot. <laughs> and then he was like, which is another metaphor. <laughs> and then I was like, I hate you all. <laughs> this episode, if I could describe the one theme, it wouldn't be about all of the monologuing that went on about like beauty oh and God, whatever. Yeah. We'll and, you know, that. erasing identity with mm-hmm. plastic surgery, mm-hmm. which is to come. It would be about like if writers were in a room and envisioning what would it be like if one of the main characters on a show didn't know what a metaphor was. Let's just write an entire episode around that. All of the dialogue from here forward was like literally like someone says a metaphor and Bones goes, what's that? <laughs> and I was mad. <laughs> Yeah, it, oh boy. It was it was quite the start. Um so then Bones go back goes back to her office and Booth is sitting at her desk. Mm-hmm. Um because there were a bunch of body parts scattered around like uh part of the LAX airport. Mm. And uh, Booth, because they always try to justify it by being like, oh, no, airports are federal jurisdiction. Um, so he is convinced that she needs to go out to L.A. with him. They go to Dr. Goodman's office. Oh, and she does not want to go. Right. Um, she wants to deal with the Iron Age remains. Yes. Even though 
before she was often the one being like take me with you right but whatever i mean i guess this is like a really cool opportunity but it's la I don't know. She doesn't care about that, Jack. That's you true. know, <laughs> there's so much good food to be. She's in. so grounded. Really... Ugh. <laughs> Airport joke. <laughs> Zentali. I wasn't even trying, guys. Um. So they both go to Doctor Goodman to try to make a case uh, for either going or not going, and then Booth convinces him uh to let go bones go because it's good press for the jeffersonian because right. it's a sexy la murder which part of me was like there are so many murders happening every day like we don't read articles or news about all of them is this really gonna be so prominent but okay nor in real life am i like oh man i wish the Smithsonian was really more involved with sexy things <laughs> Right. It's the fucking that's a great point. Yeah, if I was like watching news about New York City and they're like, this murder happened and then this anthropologist from the Smithsonian came, I would be like, weird that they did that. It's very weird. This is what my taxes are paying for. Right. I'd be like, why isn't this person working on Smith- Smithsonian related stuff? Yeah. <laughs> very odd. But I will say that before this exchange with Dr. Goodman, mm. When Bones and uh, Booth are still chatting in her office and she's saying she doesn't want to go yes. and Booth is trying to convince her, yes. I racked the third Bones tally mm-hmm. out of, if I'm being completely honest, mostly annoyance. It wasn't that Just egregious. Spite. Yeah. Um, at some point, they're talking about like, wait, why is the FBI handling this? And that's when they had right. that conversation about airports being federal jurisdiction. And she was like, oh, they basically didn't want to deal with this, so they punted it to you. And he goes, oh, punted. Nice word choice. And I was like, wait why because it's like a sports word and she doesn't know sports or is it another thing yeah like it's because we all know she doesn't use metaphors so we need to like make a whole thing about it this is me being like why is this still happening we just had two quick exchanges about this that was enough anyway bones tally number three (laughs) they deserved it um so needless to say they end up going to los angeles of course Mm -hmm. um booth rents this cool mustang because Bones can never just be satisfied. She complains and says that she wants to drive. And um, she says that she's a very good driver. And then Booth makes a classic Rain Man joke. Which I didn't even get. Like, was that the right joke here? What do you mean? Yeah, she says I'm a very good driver. Oh, wait. Is that a Rain Man joke? Yeah, did you ever see the movie Rain Man? Yeah. Where he's always like, I'm a very good driver. Oh, wow. I totally forgot that part. Oh, he says that a ton. All right. Well, I saw the movie Rain Man once approximately 15 years ago, so I completely forgot that part. Yeah. And then I think when he does drive, does something happen to the car? I can't remember. That makes so much more sense because I thought he was trying to make some joke about how she's like some sort of savant. And I was like, that seems out of a a little not a a tone deaf thing to say. That was not great. I mean, it wasn't great. (laughs) It wasn't. But... Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. That makes way more sense, actually. And I'm trying to think. Well, so Bones was like, I don't know what that means, first mm-hmm. of all. Another pop right. culture reference that flew by her. So I, not realizing that context, gave mm-hmm. Booth a tally for that because I was like, that was harsh and wrong. But I'm going to retract that now that you've explained it. Yeah, he says right. that many times. It's a zero for Booth then. Okay. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Thanks for defending him. Um,. Uh, so back in the lab, so she ends up driving. It's a useless exchange. It's fine. Um, (laughs) (laughs) 
Glad we covered it. Moving on. Yeah. Oh, my your welcome was to Booth for defending his honor. Not to you for explaining oh. that. <laughs> You're welcome, Booth. Um, so back in the lab, Hodgins is super rude to Dr. Goodman, seemingly because he just views him as some kind of like high bureaucrat. Yeah. It's his though, typical shtick coming out. It, there's no real good reason for and not that he had any good reasons before but like this man only does things to try to help you like he's not seemingly getting in your way like Hodgins has like a real chip on his shoulder this season that I don't understand why I don't know and it goes away but like it's so weird I mean Goodman is just stepping in because bones had to go for a legitimate reason yeah, he seems like a really nice guy yeah. i mean look I just don't understand i would sure. like to work with him yeah hodgins <laughs> looks like a huge asshole in this He's, episode yeah. for this part super big jerk um and then uh i don't know i don't even remember what the point of that um conversation was i didn't take good notes he about that. well he was criticizing dr goodman because i think um so he was basically like, oh, well, I think we all know how oh, this is going to yes, go. Yes, You're yes, just going right. to equivocate. Because right. basically, if you try to authenticate the remains and you say, yes, these are Iron Age remains, then that opens you up to criticism or detractors or people right. proving you wrong. Right. And it's like basically him saying like, you're not a real archaeologist anymore, which yeah. I guess is somehow a dig because he's saying you're not a real scientist anymore. You're just a bureaucrat or like an administrator. Right. Right. So he's like, we know that your first priority now is the institution and the reputation of the institution. Which, you would, what's wrong with that? Right, I know. It's so weird. It's like you're just, he. he's basically criticizing him for being thoughtful about what his role is yeah. right now. Um, so he's like, yeah, we all know you would never risk, you know, being wrong about this because it might reflect poorly on the Jeffersonian. So it's like, yeah, fair. Right. Like, it, I, I think his point was meant to be like, even if the evidence is there, you won't right. say it because you don't have the guts, right? Because right? you're just like this spineless bureaucrat but yeah. like you know dr goodman's just like trying to do his fucking job yeah, and figure like, out if these remains dude. are real yeah yeah but anyway um so hodgins is a jerk and then they go back to <laughs> los angeles yes um and they're checking out the situation yes um there's another like fbi liaison type person from la yeah who uh agent finn who's a pretty lady yes and um She's also a screenwriter, she tells them, because she's asking Bones about her book being made into a movie. She's clearly angling to try yes. and get in because there's been rumors about Bones's book being turned into a movie. Mm -hmm. She's just like, who's writing it? Are you mm -hmm. going to write it? Yeah. And Booth is annoyed. Mm -hmm. um, and so then they get back to... Um, I can't read my own handwriting sometimes. This is really bad. Um, so... Oh, the word is barfy. That's why I couldn't because read it because it's not a real word. Um, so they go back to like the what is essentially like the L.A. lab or whatever. And Bones is looking at stuff. Um, Agent Finn gets a little barfy when she starts to kind of oh, move yeah. shit around. Um, and it turns out that the skeleton that they found has had a ton of plastic surgery. Yep. Like would change the actual physical bones not just to like the tissue yeah like she picks up the skull and she's mm -hmm. like oh my god there's so much extensive surgery on this mm -hmm. like what is even her face mm -hmm. and this is where that little stuff comes in where she's starting to talk about like oh my god she erased her face like this is oh. so horrible um like how could someone have hated herself so much 
But what I really was confused by was like they're in this lab, like video chatting with the rest of the right. team back at the Jeffersonian. Right. And she's like talking to Angela. And mm-hmm. of course, we're all just thinking Angela will write a program and figure it out like she always has before. <laughs> right. But then Bones is like, this one's going to be harder. You'll see what I mean when you get the skull. I'm sending it to you. Just tell her. Right. Angela's like, why? And she's like, you'll see what I mean when, when you get it. And like literally she asked her again yeah. later in the conversation. At least twice. Why? And she's like, you'll see what I mean when you get it. And I'm like, what? What is the purpose of being on the phone with each other right now if you're not going to talk about the case? I feel like, was that just a way to, if like you're some kind of really dumb audience member of making it kind of like a fun twist for the audience? I hope not because holy shit. People are dumb. She already said this is going to be really hard for you because Angela was like, no problem. I can do a reconstruction like blase. And she was like, no, no, no. This one's going to be different. How much... Oh, come on. Because no. she doesn't explicitly say plastic surgery. She just, anyone with two brain cells can tell like, oh, it must be a plastic surgery thing. They're in LA, blah, blah, blah. She said it, I thought. Didn't she say like, look at how much she's reconstructed her skull or something or like changed her features? I don't know. I honestly can't remember either. Yeah. I, I I think I just uh, thought so or at yeah. least assumed so based on all the millions of clues they were dropping. Right. But yeah, maybe they didn't say it. Um, so Angela, of course, doesn't really care about it. She just wants to know about what L.A. is like, why Angela can't just go out there by herself. I don't know. Whatever. Uh, who knows? Um, she doesn't appear to be working on the Iron Age thing, but I guess they, uh, yeah, I maybe don't. they don't have money for that. Well, no, she <laughs> did, though. She did end up working on it. Oh, you're right. She did. Mm-hmm. My bad. Sorry, Angela. Um, so then Bones continues to check out this body and she pulls out a big old breast implant. Oh, my God. This blew my mind it because was enormous. it was huge. And then Zach is on the phone and Booth are like, oh, is she a drug meal? I'm like, are you fucking joking is, right now? That would be the biggest. <laughs> How would you even choke that shit down? The biggest balloon of now liquefied heroin. Right. They were like, oh, is <laughs> that like, like a balloon of drugs that she swallowed? And for Zach, it's one thing. But I was like, Booth, you're you're in the FBI. Hey, did you see where she pulled that out of? Yes. B, is this like the size of a fucking cantaloupe? Like, what? what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't... Can you imagine swallowing that and then later shitting it out? Like, what are you talking about? No, I cannot imagine that. That would be terrible. I guess he, you know, doesn't have experience with narcotics. But uh, Jesus, it was wacky. Yeah. Um. So then, so they're going back and forth between L.A. and D.C. And so then they swap back to the lab in D.C. And Hodgins is. I just wrote that he's just still being a little bitch to Doctor Goodman. Um. I can't remember the exact conversation that they had, but they mentioned Lord of the Rings, and Zach says, I like Lord of the Rings. <gasps> yes. Oh, because, oh, this is the thing. So during the um, call, when they're talking about the remains mm-hmm. in the L.A. Um, coroner's office, mm-hmm. Bones makes a point to be like, hey, to, to Angela, she's like warning Angela, just so you know, Hodgins and Dr. Goodman are not going to get oh, along. Oh, right, right, right. Dr. Goodman does this thing where he theorizes about stuff when he's uh, thinking about a archaeological situation or whatever you would call this case yeah, for him. Yeah, kind of when he's analyzing a remains the remains stuff. Yeah. He kind of puts together a he story. He likes to put a story. And she God was like... God forbid anyone try to just right. make 
reasonable assumptions about someone's yeah. life based on the evidence before them. And like they showed him doing it and it wasn't like super nuts. They were just like, oh, no, they were totally like, fair assumptions. Yeah, like looking at the if context very, clues. Like, smart, educated exactly. assumptions. Drawing logical extrapolations from like, oh, this is how he was buried. This yeah. is what he was wearing, whatever. But Hodgins, she was like, I know Hodgins is going to be really irritated by this. And Angela's just like, okay. <laughs> and at the time I was like, wow, that's like real emotional intelligence from bones actually oh, yeah, which is like point. not her thing yeah but she like had the thoughtfulness and understood emotions and personality enough to be like watch out so yeah work. yeah we flip back to the lab and goodman is doing all this extrapolating mm-hmm. storytelling stuff and hodgins is losing his mind and then zach is like later to angela he's like i don't get what just happened here because hodgins was clearly being a bitch about it yeah. and then yeah angela's like they should just lay him out on the table and measure <laughs> And Zach, of course, because it's a metaphor, does not understand. Right. And he was like, lay what on the table? Measure what? So anyway, Bones Tally number four came right there. It's like, Zach, do you live in the world, you fucking idiot? I just, look, we don't have a backstory for Zach, right? Like, maybe he grew up. But he grew up in that big ass family of normal people. Oh, presumably, yes. Well, maybe they were just so wholesome, they never made (laughs) penis jokes. Ugh. Boo. Boring. Um, so after that, so Hodgins continues to insult Dr. Goodman to his face. He's an incredible guy. Yep. yep. <laughs> I wish, I, I would love to have him as a boss. I think he'd be great. Um, so then they go back to Bo- Bones' hotel. Um, there is, and it's during the day, there's all these beautiful women, not a minority in sight. It's oh, just, so true. Just white, beautiful white Blonde ladies. women. Yeah, just strolling around. Wearing those clear plastic heels. Yes. Oh, my God. So they were of so of the time. Um, and then, did you notice that Bruce's t-shirt just says, give me my space? Um, no. I was like, what is this t-shirt? It's a black t-shirt. And then a cross and just like... I don't know. Like in, you I know. had noticed other wardrobe choices in the episode, but I me hadn't too. noticed that. He just is wearing a black t-shirt that says, give me my space. And I don't. Maybe it's his cool L.A. outfit. Because they all seem like he seems so excited. Like, we're in yes. L.A. We're in Hollywood. Yes. He rents the Mustang or whatever the fuck it is. And I, yeah, I don't, I don't know. maybe this is cool lounge shirt. I it's just a t-shirt. Like, I don't <laughs> Is it was it like a very timely joke? So now it doesn't make any sense. Oh, like is it a MySpace? A joke? very of two thousand five yeah. joke. Yeah. Wow. Uh, great question. Anyways, um, so they go. They're at that hotel rooftop. Uh, per usual, Booth is annoyed that Bones has a much nicer hotel than he's at. <laughs> um. Oh, right, because there's a separate story where, like, when yeah. while she's out there, her agent or someone was like, meet with this producer right. if you have time right. for the potential movie deal. Mm-hmm. So she has a super nice hotel. I can't remember. Oh, wait, is it that or is it because the Jeffersonian is just nicer to her? I think it's both. Oh, I think it's actually the Jeffersonian. Oh, OK, OK. Because they did make this fancy. joke before, right? Yeah. When they went to Washington mm-hmm. for the bear case. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Um. I can't remember what that actual conversation is that they have on the rooftop. It's something about it furthering the case or whatever. I don't know. We'll figure it out. They look. Oh, we just know that they went to the plastic surgeon because they found a serial number off the implant, right? Oh, I think they were like, oh, this is the plastic surgeon that we have to go to. Yeah. Or something. Cool. Um, 
<sighs> I've never found Angela more relatable than when she's working on stuff and Zach comes in and says, I have something for you. And she says, unless it's chocolate, I don't care. And <laughs> I was like, yeah, no, I, I've been there. Um, she's suffering, you know? So Zach gives her the skull. She He asks about what the deal is between Hodgins and Dr. Goodman. That's Oh, yeah, that's when she says that they should just lay them out on the table. Um, and then Zach, so they're looking at the skull. And Zach already knew kind of about the plastic surgery. And then he says, and Angela's like, we can't really tell anything about her. You know, it's kind of yeah. weird. And he says, well... Will know that she's beautiful. Oh, right. And the way that he says that sentence is really creepy and really serial killery. Yeah. And I'm sure he didn't mean it that way. It was just... Delivery of, was a little off. The delivery was weird. But whatever. <laughs> it's fine. Um, and then Angela, of course, goes on to mention Michael Jackson and... Uh, yeah, I was like, whoa. Joan Rivers. Like, yeah, because he was like... Shots fired, Angela. I know, right? <laughs> I was like, holy I mean, shit. She's right. I mean, well, so yeah, because Zach's like, oh, she's definitely going to be beautiful. Because mm. like, why would you get so much surgery done and not be right. beautiful? And she's like, hey, have you seen Michael Jackson yeah. and Joan Rivers? And does he know uh, who they are? Well, I can't remember. He said, I know who one of those people oh, are. Okay, so yeah. first of all, I was like, Jesus. But I'm going to assume it's Michael, Michael Jackson, Jackson that yeah. he knows. But also, Wait, I don't know enough about Michael Jackson. I know Joan Rivers is generally, obviously, a lot of what's happening oh, on her God. face is because of surgery. But yeah. with Michael Jackson, I feel like there's so much about, like, you know, people thinking that he had, like, vitiligo and all this other stuff. So oh, but, like, like, his nose and stuff. Yeah, but, like, would that have possibly been a byproduct of, like, what he had to do to his skin for the vitiligo? I don't think so. Oh, okay. Then- one of his sisters also got like the same nose and like, well that's why i thought wait that they do have the same nose and that's why i was confused is that his not i know it's not his original nose but how did that even happen surgery wait why the fuck would she do that because they're a bunch of fucking weirdos oh sorry wait i just was so confused by that like how he and her could have the same nose when they neither of them had that nose oh yes yeah, i think she got it after i just assumed it was surgery. like a medical thing because like why would you do that okay now i'm zach (laughs) (laughs) i have just become zach wait seriously she did that because she saw him do it and then was like that looks good i want that i mean she's so beautiful no i mean jan i don't think janet jackson's nose is her natural nose i think she also had surgery on it i i've never looked into it to see like original photo of janet jackson young or whatever but Holy shit. Okay, that's crazy to me. Wow, I'm learning so much. Oh, yeah, no, totally. Um, sorry, I I know this is a podcast so you can't see, but holy fucking shit. Yeah. No way. Yeah. You know. Holy shit. No. Yeah. I know. That makes me so sad. She was so pretty. Mhm. That's what uh, why weird though? abusive dad will do to you. <laughs> no, that's such a bummer. Oh my god, now I'm becoming bones in this episode. I know. Um, all right, Hazels. So, um, where? Well, they go to a plastic. They go to the plastic surgeon that they trace back the breast implant to. Bones throws a shit fit in the waiting room. Yes. Um, going on a tirade about how plastic surgery is wrong, which. I thought for some reason they brought it up in the episode and maybe they didn't. I missed it. But like 
that's also really easy to say coming from a woman who is conventionally beautiful and perceived as such by mainstream society like how fucking nice for you i mean also it's like there are many reasons why people have plastic surgery that have nothing to do with pure like if you have like a cleft palate or something you might get plastic surgery or whatever so it's like it's i mean obviously in this context it was very hollywood story so it's supposed to be very much about just vanity right um or like the self-loathing that drives a person to just keep getting plastic surgery but yeah it just sounded it's just it was very preachy and like you understand where she's coming from with it but also the older i get the more i'm just like whatever makes you happy yeah well and also like i don't fundamentally disagree with her message but you're absolutely correct it was so preachy she went on like many monologues this episode and it was very angry and emotional and i just was like Again, exactly what you said. Coming from her, a conventionally beautiful person, yeah. that's not meaningful. No, that's not at all. Not helpful. It just sounds like you don't understand what it feels like to. You've never not been called feel ugly, pretty. so right. it must be nice. You've for never you. been made fun of. You've no. never felt lesser than, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Or, or like maybe you have, because I also don't want to downplay the fact that like right. women of all types and whatever like every woman they all, has been criticized yes because look. that is just like a societal thing like right. women feel so judged about their looks all the time mm-hmm. even if you're gorgeous right you can have so much insecurity but like totally. but it generally just, it didn't feel right like something right. just felt off about it agreed um and i think if you had asked me when i was like 20 <laughs> because of youth i would have been i would have agreed with her more yeah but the older i get just like yeah, no, I mean, clearly there's some people who have a ton of it and, like, there's probably some, like, mental health issues that they need to Sure. Do. But, like, generally, like, no, if you don't like your nose and you would feel better about yourself yeah. by having a nose job, you fucking, yeah, get a nose job. You're not hurting anybody. If, if it makes you feel better at the end of the day. Right. It could change your life. And, like, I totally get that. Who doesn't want to feel more confident? I also just felt like, I mean, again, the show is not this deep right we've already seen a weird racial episode with the guy the the (laughs) dj in the fucking wall of meth or whatever the fuck it was yeah but like this is something i personally struggled with a lot it wasn't even just me not feeling pretty which is obviously something i think most young girls go through Totally. but like i grew up in a very predominantly white area Mm -hmm. i had so much self-loathing around looking asian there was so much I wanted to change about myself. I wanted blue eyes. I wanted white skin. I wanted blonde hair. Oh, of course. And it's just like, I would cry about like how much I wished I was just white. Like how much easier my life would be. And of course, in retrospect, I'm so glad that I was able to like be around people that looked like me and learn and grow from that. But like, yeah, like Bones doesn't know what that feels no. like when everything in society looks like one perfect ideal that she happens to really fit into. Yeah. Like, yeah, you're you're sh- criticizing these people for feeling really bad about themselves and you're not having any compassion Mm-mm. for like why and like what made them feel that bad. Yeah. It's so, I don't know. She, and she assumes it's all for, I guess, the most shallow of reasons. When- right not liking something about yourself and wanting to change it is not shallow it's understandable i mean again in this episode they purposely frame it up as just like she has the the main the the victim had a real issue about getting too much plastic surgery and it was seemingly about vanity but yeah like (sighs) also if it was real like those people sitting in the waiting room that you're having this little tirade like they look so hurt they they pan to like the extras who are supposed to be excuse me, who are like the other patients in the waiting room and like one right. woman has like clearly had a nose job. She has a little bandaid over her nose and stuff like that. It would 
That would, even if you felt that way, it's just a terrible thing to do. <laughs> She's like pacing up and down. Like, totally. Cool. It's one of those things where like, I feel like the, I am not a huge fan of the Kardashians per se, and I don't really watch their show. But like one thing I feel like they get shit on a lot for is like people like to make fun of how much work they've had done, which yeah. you can clearly tell they've had some work done. Oh, absolutely. Even if it's not like huge, like they changed the entire structure of their face per se, mm-hmm. but they're definitely getting like fillers and whatever. And I mean, so they, they have kind of change the structure oh really I, I don't know well enough They've, it doesn't seem hugely different to me all the time it just seems like they got way better makeup artists and they got some fillers or something. i think that's part of it but yeah i mean they've yeah they've had enough but like whatever yeah i mean i just if you were under that much scrutiny getting like a hundred million twitter followers or whoever the fuck you have like tweeting at you like you're ugly you're a fat face whatever it might they they're getting mm-hmm. so many trolls all the time and like especially for the younger ones who like grew up in the spotlight oh, yeah. if you're like 17 and people are saying that about you like oh my god nobody gave a shit about me when i was 17 right but god i hated myself exactly and then if you have the what feels like the entire, entire world, world echoing that yeah. back at you of course you would do something totally. and if you had the if means, you had the means yeah you would want to i just it's so irritating to me when people I'm 33 and i'm still just like oh man i wish i, I could get a chin implant and just have a nice <laughs> i'm always just on. like yeah i have a little pooch like oh, yeah, belly pooch. i'm like i haven't even had a child and i like <laughs> need to get like the mommy tummy tuck you know what same. i mean it's just like I, it annoys me where it's like yes it is brave to be secure or like to fight past your insecurity that oh, everyone yeah. has but it's like you can't you can't make other women feel lesser than because yeah, they no. weren't that quote unquote brave but anyway anyway now we're, I've been on a soapbox too and I'm just as bad as Bones <laughs> and I'm just as irritating as her <laughs> no you'd have to go out on my balcony to scream it on top of your lungs to be more like her and then I'd have to be like what's Rain Man <laughs> Even though I also apparently did not get that reference. <laughs> so I actually am just as bad as her. <laughs> um, so they go in, they talk to this uh, plastic surgeon who they also make out to be kind of a dickhead. And uh, he reveals, I think the only real reveal is that that breast implant came from uh, an escort um, lady. Yeah, or right. It's like something like, oh, this was part of a stolen shipment, he says. Oh, I honestly, the number of times I did not, I stopped paying attention for a second <laughs> during this episode was real, and I'm very he's, sorry. Yeah, he's like, it's stolen. And then they were like, oh, well, has any of the other stolen po- batch uh-huh. like popped up? He was like, yes, before in the body of an oh, escort. Oh, gotcha. But I'm confused by that. Or, well, okay, so I guess that leads them to the escort business. I guess so. I. I was I was eating at the same time, I'll be honest. Me too. <laughs> so like I was sometimes too. I get really focused on the food I'm same. eating. <laughs> to the point now where sometimes like if I'm taking a break from work and I'm eating, I can't even watch something. I have to just listen to a podcast because oh. me trying to watch something and eat at the same time doesn't even work. Even though it requires nothing of me aside to aside from looking up. But even that's too much. I just have to listen. I do the exact same thing. <laughs> Can I even tell you? Or I'll purposely watch something where I know it doesn't matter if I miss stuff. Yeah, yeah. You can't, like, watch anything actually good. Which is usually Bones. <laughs> but <laughs> Well, that's when I'm watching Lucifer, baby. <laughs> so for some reason, they figure out something about an escort service. And then yeah. they meet with a the madam of the escort service. Yeah, and she was like, oh, I think it's her. Yeah. Whatever. Well, because Angela's struggling. She, she actually can't figure out the facial reconstruction. Right. So here's like, she's like, here's my three best guesses. And then, then they bring him to the madam. She's mm-hmm. like, based on these three best guesses, I think you're talking about this girl. Mm-hmm. 
And then we zoom back yep. to the Jeffersonian, and Angela has made a hologram of the Iron Age guy. Oh, God, once again, I can't read my goddamn handwriting. Oh, he's a Pict. Yep. And they're like, oh, wow, that's weird, because he was found in this place. But and usually, he was tall as fuck, and they're yeah. supposed to be small. And, but now we actually, he was found at this place, but they're usually from this region, so that's a little wonky. Um, and then, once again, Hodgins, Hodgins loses his mind. He yeah. has a tantrum. He said, um, that's so, like, he's like, that's classic. Like, yeah. like oh, I knew Dr. Goodman wasn't going to be able to verify it. Mm-hmm. He's like, that's classic. And Zach asked, what's a classic? What? Yep. Oh, I missed that. I must have been shoving a dumpling that was in my bones face. bones tally number five, my friend. Because I was like, <laughs> what the actual fuck? Was that even truly a metaphor? No. That's when I began to question my understanding of English. I was like, <laughs> Hodge was like, oh, yeah, that's so classic. And, and Zach is like, what's a classic? Oh, God. I totally missed that. I'm glad you did because you probably be way angrier today. <laughs> <laughs> um, And so, again... Uh, Dr. Goodman was kind of drawing conclusions and kind of creating a story for this person based on what he's observing. And then Hodgins says, science is no country for storytellers, baby. (laughs) Which was that supposed to be somewhat of a play of no country for old men? Well, that wait, had that movie even come out by then? Keep talking. Let me look it up. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I don't think so because one, I don't think this show tries to do things that are that clever. And I'm, I'm. That sounds so harsh, but that's just my honest opinion. Oh yeah, Uh, that was so. That was in 2007. All right, so definitely not. Oh, when did this show come out? I think 2005, right? Or 2006? We look. I I know I looked it up in the beginning of this podcast just to ground myself, <laughs> to ground myself in all the giant necklaces and yeah, fucking right. prairie come, skirts. It hadn't come out yet. Okay. Speaking of, there was a lot of belt over shirt action in this episode, <laughs> and I was just like, I literally was like, was this a thing? Did we do this at some point in time? Just wear belts over shirts, and I realized, yes, that was a trick. Women used to do to show that they had a waist. Oh. It, yeah, Bones was doing a lot of tank top belt action. Like not. Like Big belt. No belt inside your belt loops of your pants. Just belt big over belts. shirt to show that you had a waist somewhere. Like those big braided yeah. like, kind of bohemian belts. Even though she was usually wearing. Like all of her tops are like usually like stretchy form fit. They're not like yeah. blousey tops. No. We can all see her form and yeah. her waist. It was just so fashionable with her giant khaki flares. I just. <laughs> and like Converse shoes. And then I immediately like flashed back to high school and I was remembering like people who would wear like the, you know, those Avril Lavigne like quote unquote punk belts that would do the same thing. They would wear like three at the same time. Oh, yes. Yeah. I think I had one. I definitely had one because I thought I was very But I did not stack them. I was not so brave. <laughs> You were like, just one belt that's not actually being used for its functional purpose is fine. <laughs> Three sad, is too far. The sad thing is, I think I did use it for as, like, functionally. Like, I still Good! Wear, that's how a belt works. I still wear belts. I think I might be the oh. only woman. Wow, I don't. But that's just because... Like, I legit need it to hold up my pants. <laughs> the reality of the situation is, I can't wear... Well, I can't wear real belts, like ones made out of, like, leather or whatever that don't have a, a lot of give in them mm-hmm. because... I can't sit down in them for long periods of time without my stomach feeling very uncomfortable. Well, yeah, that's why I have been loving being able to wear stretchy pants at home during this quarantine. Because right. I, and like, 
It's so uncomfortable. Or you can do what I do, which is when I did used to wear real pants before Mm. the quarantine times is wear like stretchy, like um, skinny jeans. And then I got one of these elastic belts that you can find online. So they're literally just made out of complete elastic material. So yeah. So then my gut can be accommodated. Zen. It's incredible. It holds my pants up. And then when I sit down, you know, it stretches. Zen. Yep. This is, I've had the same belt since high school. (laughs) It. It looks a little weird. It doesn't look nice, but I'm never wearing, like, I'm the kind of person that, like. But you never see my belt when I wear it. Right. Because my shirt's always kind of over it. Same. My shirts are always very long and flowy, and they hang low because I'm always trying to, you know, cover up as much of my body as possible. Oh, same. So, like, you never see my belt. If I could pull off the Billie Eilish look and be formless. You never see anything, like, in the torso region for Mm -hmm. me. So, it, it works really well. Gotcha. Smart. Yeah. I have no idea what your body looks look like. Look him up, girl. I'll send I'll send you the link on Please Amazon. <laughs> so Hodgins calls uh, Bones and it's like, hey, here's a couple of things that we figured out. One, uh, the victim had glass like from a boat like embedded somewhere. And he also finds a fake fingernail with a cubic zirconia thing in it. Um... So when he finds this, Booth goes, aha, and he immediately calls the madam Mm -hmm. um, to set up an appointment. Yeah, he's like, hey, oh, this is where that classic conversation came in. I'm sorry. Oh. This, I misrepresented it. Yes, yes, yes. He was like, hey, you know, we were talking, we were just with you talking about Rachel, what's her face, the Mm -hmm. victim. Did she ever do like a two for one with any client? And who's that? other person and then and then Hodgins is like oh yeah two for one what a classic yeah and Zach is like what and it's like really gross that Hodgins even recognizes that or and he's even like oh yeah Yeah, classic it's so disgusting he's his character starts off so like just like a weird angry little jerk who's kind of a lady overly creep. sexual yeah the last episode was all about him and that swedish or swiss masseuse yeah. or whatever and, and it's so gross too i'm interested to continue to wait to see when his character changes into like a nice normal person yeah that'd be cool um so then booth meets up with leslie at uh bones's hotel the other the other the escort other, who would occasionally yes. join for the two for ones yes gross um and he or no excuse me she talks about uh Rachel, we'll just call the victim Rachel because she had a bunch of names. Um, and how Rachel had a boyfriend who got really pissed off because he didn't realize that she was a sex worker, and then yeah. he finds out and he like smashes all her car win- windows yeah. or something, and he's yeah. pissed. Um, so then, oh, and then a very handsome security guard comes over and tries to get uh leslie to leave and because he can tell she's an escort yes yeah how she could possibly tell her being any different than the rest of the women there i don't know they all looked exactly they all are tall thin attractive white ladies yeah so i don't get it but um he comes over and booth is very nice and covers for her and it's like this is my sister even though the way they were like laying down was very sensual looking i thought that was so weird p.s by the way that he was like let's they were laying down like fully laying down like up on propped up on one arm yeah like they were sitting on like a chaise or something and i was like why the fuck did he choose these chairs to sit how weird because then he transitioned to being i'm an fbi agent and i need you to tell me about this dead person and then they were still laying in those chairs it looked very i mean i think the the chairs they were like 
that was just the angle at which those chairs are. I don't think no, totally. But why didn't he just sit in a regular chair? I mean, it looked pretty busy at that pool. <laughs> okay, I will. I'm. They panned up at a certain point, and I was like, "There's a table right there oh. with two regular <laughs> chairs. Why did you choose to basically have a soft interrogation in this lounge chair?" I it mean, it looks pretty so, comfy. It. I just thought it looked so incongruent. It, like it this very like serious natural. conversation, yeah. and then yeah, they're like trying they're like to prop lounging. themselves up. Yeah. yeah, it was weird. They looked like they should be whispering sweet nothings to each and other. And then that security guard, by the way, did you notice what he was wearing? What? He was wearing, this seems like the middle of summer, like it's beautiful and whatever. A black shirt. And he's wearing a full on like wool knit beanie cap over his head. He's wearing this white t-shirt that just says security on it. It looks like a piece of shit t-shirt that you would buy off the street at like um, some like <laughs> street like thing. Sure that, yeah. And then also he's wearing black dress slacks and it made no sense to me. And then the t-shirt also had like the highest, tightest crew neck like <laughs> neck hole that was like struggling to contain his thick <laughs> neck it just i don't know why i was like looking at it and being like who the fuck dressed this man and yeah. why would a security guard at this fancy rooftop lounge be wearing this i'm not sure that i agree with the wardrobe choices that <laughs> are being made for this show thus far like why wouldn't he just be wearing like a black suit or something or like you know like black yeah, clothes just a, like, yes just a, like a a nice an ex probably an overly expensive nice dress but like, shirt yeah a dress shirt or like a black shirt with like a black blazer or something like, over think it about any security person you've ever seen in a rooftop lounge totally. in like new york like have you ever seen this no because i've no never really go to rooftop lounges in new york me neither but i've been to some and i've seen movies <laughs> <laughs> have i been to any more than anything I don't know. just think about the vibe of the place you're trying to create but yeah okay yeah. whatever because it was like a very expensive fancy hotel. right that yeah. t-shirt literally looked to me that they were like well, what are we gonna dress this security to, like, in character in yeah like next to that. the i heart new york t-shirt yeah. was this security t-shirt yeah. and then like the shot glasses <laughs> <laughs> you know <laughs> anyway that's fine but yeah so we find out <clears throat> she had a angry boyfriend mm -hmm. um then we take a tr quick trip to i guess like the la like field office for the fbi and agent finn confronts booth and just straight up asks him why he doesn't like her then he becomes the most patriotic oh god and he says it let's not forget last episode he folded a fucking eagle out of toilet paper so <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> this is like very much in the vein of his character very much so um so he says that the fbi is a proud and noble profession oh god and that he doesn't like that she uses it as a stepping stone which i understand that it's gross how she is acting correct um but he kind of makes it into a whole nother thing it was like too much like I, everything yeah. else in this episode <laughs> <laughs> like i essentially agreed with him um but yeah it was it was very soapboxy yeah I totally and like also it's like it's a it's it's also like a serious job even if you don't believe in like the noble patriotic duty of it it's like yeah. a serious job and at least for booth in this show his life is constantly on the line they're always pulling their guns out and shit like that and fighting he should have died at least like five times yeah and so it's like of course you should have a certain level of like taking this seriously and she clearly isn't yeah. so like just from a security perspective i can understand his point but yeah he totally. went uh he really went all out. Yeah. Um, so next we cut to the 
set of some kind of movie or TV some, show like or something. interview and, thing? Yeah, Bones and Penny Marshall, who I guess is going to be producing the movie based on Bones's book. Yep. Um, and it's interviewed by like someone from like an Access Hollywood type of show. Yes, exactly. Um, and of course, Bones is awkward and doesn't understand anything that's being said. And then she gets a call from Booth and she has to run away. Yeah. And Penny Marshall's crew are like, what the fuck? Yes. And like, why is this girl being so weird and awkward in yes. this interview? Which I feel like sh- it's an inception of like, she feels that way both acting wise and also why am i in the show bones (laughs) (laughs) i didn't even bother to look it up but i was like is she maybe really a producer of the show oh no i don't think so okay just a wow how'd they get her i have no idea maybe she likes the show (laughs) but that was the first season so like it hadn't been out that's it someone must have known somebody yeah really like like, she owed someone a favor yeah go on bones um so then they Hike it over because they found the boyfriend of Rachel playing volleyball on the beach, which I have to agree. I think volleyball is dumb in that whenever I played it in gym class, it really hurt and I don't understand. Wow. Like you always had to hit it with like your thumbs or the insides of your like arms like that hurts so fucking much. Why would you do that? Huh? Okay. Did you ever play volleyball in gym class? I did. But all sports made me feel bad about myself. But so. it's like such harsh contact on your direct skin. At least like I play soccer. You're kicking a ball. That's normal. You're talking to a person that could never serve the ball because I could never hit the ball hard enough to get it over the net <laughs> from all that way back corner. Right. You always had to serve from like the back right corner, yeah, yeah, wherever yeah. the fuck it was. I just couldn't hit the fucking thing far enough. I mean, you do have little dainty hands. Jax, I just have no muscles in my body. <laughs> I am literally scared. And I don't mean skin and bones in like a positive way where I'm like super <laughs> svelte and fit. I mean like I have no muscle mass. I mean, we could get you muscled up, you know? I mean, yeah, I guess. Again, I but I just you, as if Bones was here, she'd say you just love yourself and you don't need to change. Yeah, if Bones was here, she'd be like this is your genetics and isn't it a wonder that this is what your body is like? You should appreciate that and never change anything about it. <laughs> Great. This lumpy mess. <laughs> cool i'm so obsessed with it i can't lift anything in my apartment and i live alone it's great woman dies under a pile of four empty cardboard boxes yeah woman found dead in her apartment next to 10 empty mcdonald's fry containers we don't know how she died um so the boyfriend is cute Nothing yeah. really comes of it, to be honest. No. I mean, does anything come with that conversation? I can't remember. He's just there to tell them what again? Um, Because there's like a million different things going on. They talked to that yeah. one uh, surgeon who claimed that it was a stolen shipment of stuff. Right. And then the madam told them the name of another surgeon who was like their go-to person to get work done for the escorts when they needed it. Oh, he is this how they end up going to that other surgeon? Because the boyfriend talks about how she was never happy with herself, even right. though she looked beautiful. And she he kept could never surgery. say the right thing. Yeah. But the madam told them about the surgeon. Why didn't they go there to begin well, cause with? Because it was a different surgeon. Right. But like why after she told them about the other surgeon, why didn't they go there? Because the breast implant. 
and the serial number on the breast implant. But so, that, but the breast implant serial number thing happened first when they went to the first surgeon, right. and then they found the madam, right? And then the madam was like, "Oh, we have this other surgeon that we have always oh. use," and then they never went. I have no idea. Oh, okay, well, so yeah, the boyfriend says something that makes them realize they should go to the other surgeon. Yeah, I guess, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Mm. Um. So again, we had this. I think. As much as we make fun of the show, usually it's pretty logical steps as to why they go bounce around to the different places that yeah. they go. But I feel like this one it wasn't quite as good. It was a little more. I mean, look, wonky. I have to take a little bit of responsibility because I think I started spacing out here. I think I did too. But yeah, exactly what we just discussed. Why didn't they go to this other surgeon to begin with? These um, are leads in a case that they're trying to solve. Oh wait, but at some point. They go back and they just do a quick like little walk and talk with that other sur- with the first surgeon. Is oh. that how he ends up pointing them in the other direction? Wait, wait, wait. Is it because doesn't the boyfriend say that she started dating sleeping somebody else with or something? Him. She yeah. was sleeping with for surgery. Yeah. So they went back to the other guy. Wasn't he sleeping with her? Because then he was like, I, think so. I didn't know she was killed, and that's why. Because they were like, you told us the implants were were stolen, and right. and he was like, oh, at the time I didn't know it was a murder case. Sorry. Oh, I wait, what the fuck? Okay, look, I, got, I gotta be honest. They go back to surgeon number one. Right. And he's like... He admits to like having some sort of relationship. He didn't tell her. them about... Something about not telling them about the breast implant because he didn't want to reveal that he had been sleeping with he her didn't want, Well, he explained that he lied that it was stolen because he didn't want them to know oh, he right. had had that relationship with her. Right. Maybe it was because... Oh, well, so the second surgeon who they eventually go to mm-hmm. see has the same type of setup with her where he's like basically trading sexual favors for surgery. But he says that he stopped once he realized she was addicted. Right. So maybe that's what it was. Maybe the first surgeon also started in that same relationship with her. And then he was like, this is clearly, she has an issue. So he stopped. So she just went to the next guy. I guess. We just rewrote the story. (laughs) We just rewrote the episode. I'm filling in what seems like the most logical (laughs) reason that they talked to surgeon number one again before going to surgeon number two. So, we're back at the lab. Dr. Goodman, as predicted by Hodgins, has basically said the results are inconclusive. Or I can't remember his exact terminology. Yes. Um, and so, Hodgins um, calls him out on it like a dick. And he, the way he asked Dr. Dr. Goodman... Do you want my letter of resignation? It's like a very mean girl's way of asking. I was like, are you a 15 year old girl? I almost forgot that. Do you want my letter of resignation? Like, who are you? Well, because he was being. Yeah, because like Dr. Goodman was like, I've been taking this shit up till now. But like, seriously, I'm your boss. Knock it off. Yeah. Yeah. And you're right. He was like, me, 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 me. Like, he didn't clearly feel any sense of like, I'm concerned. But also he's. As we know later, rich as fuck. Or no, as we know now, rich as fuck. So I guess maybe he really doesn't care. But he likes his job. So like, so weird. Also, you're a grown man. Imagine like a 35-year-old man acting like that. Yeah. That's insane. And it's like, this is also like not... It's not like a conflict with your boss where it's like, oh, this is... The situation is truly untenable. Like, I just... We should leave part ways. Like, this is like the most minor of conflicts that's purely one-sided like one guy's just trying to do his job the other guy's just being an asshole he's like oh you want my resignation (laughs) like what 
Um, so Angela's like, all right, you two just, you know, separate, just walk away. And Dr. Goodman being the mature, normal adult that he is, says, okay. Wait, but before that, Zach Zach jumps in and he's like, wait, shouldn't, why don't you guys just like put it out on the table and measure the thing that he still doesn't know what he's like, that's what it was, right? Like, oh, Jesus Christ, you idiot. (laughs) Oh God. And so Angela very smartly is just turns around to Hodgins because he's all smug about it he thinks he's won yeah and she says you think you just won something but goodman was the bigger man which she absolutely was yeah and she's right it was like one of the wisest things angela has ever said yes she was like weirdly the stable mediator person in this episode totally who who would have thunk it hey she has many facets um so uh, I don't know, as we've established, I don't know where this plot was. None of us were watching the show. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, oh, wait, wait, wait. They talked to surgeon number two eventually, yes. right? And then surgeon number two reveals I just that don't know how they got to surgeon number two. That's the only like real blank spot. We will assume surgeon number one said something in the follow-up him. conversation yeah. that led them to surgeon number two. Yes, who... As they're in his office, Booth notices that he has a picture of a beautiful boat on his wall. Correct. Um, and so, turns out this plastic surgeon is actually pretty amazing, and he's kind of come up with <gasps> Wait, innovative techniques. No, that's what it was. Remember how they were talking about on the skull, the way mm-hmm. that the skull had been reconstructed was kind of unusual because the typical surgical technique to like shave down the bone is one way and you can tell from the the markings on the bone on the skull that it was like done another way Mm -hmm. so they literally had zach call the american medical association to find out what plastic surgeons in the u.s do this type of procedure and they were like oh it's this only this one doctor in la does it yes that's where they got there um so and zach realizes that the murder weapon and what was used for the surgery was actually the same tool. And so they head off to this doctor. Yeah. And the address that Bones gives is just like Rodeo Drive. <laughs> oh, is, I didn't even notice. Because they're driving in the car and she is again on her soapbox talking about how plastic surgery is terrible. She's a little more empathetic about it but still just unnecessary and so that's like the like oh he lives on main street like that's not (laughs) helpful oh and this is the conversation too that's why okay because they're in the car and booth and bones are like man they really can't crack this yes and booth is like normally by now we have more of my stuff and she's like what the fuck are you saying and she's like, we know, like this, like we know this, this victim grew up in New England. Right. We know at thirteen she had a car accident. We know this, this, this. And he was like, that's your stuff. We right. don't know anything about my stuff. Like what, like what drove her? Like right. what were her motivations? How is she feeling? What does she want? And I actually thought that was kind of interesting because yeah. I feel like it's, it's the a first good time. breakdown of it, kind of. Yeah, and yeah. it's like the first time the show has so very clearly just told us its own premise. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, in case you hadn't figured out by now, yeah. Bones does this stuff, Booth does his stuff, mm-hmm. and right now in this episode, we don't have any of Booth's stuff. So now that they got something of Booth, uh, they head to that uh, surgeon, and he talks about this kind of like procedure that he's uh, patenting yeah um and And confirm that no one else does it but him right and he's created a special tool for it so they take all of his special tools 
and Bones goes and sits in the coroner's office and stabs a chunk of clay with his various tools. Holy to try shit, to figure I totally out missed that. Which tool it was that killed her. I don't remember that She at all. repeatedly stabs a big hunk of clay. I must have been eating at that point. <laughs> it's not the most exciting scene. Got it. It's just silent and it's her staring pensively at this clay and stabbing it. While some probably electro pop music plays in the background. Um, so then again, zooming back to DC, Dr. Goodman has asked Hodgins to stop by. Hodgins, po- Hodgins pops in, and Goodman explains his very sentimental reasons why he doesn't want to just desecrate the body of someone, which I kind of think is bullshit, but Hodgins seems to be placated by it because it's like the reason he can't confirm is like they need to be able to confirm like the skull is fully attached to the body or something like that right no idea i totally zoned out. i think it was, it was something like because they were talking about how like again we talked about how like the the picked guy was like mm-hmm. way taller than they had ever believed and he was found in the south when normally the picks live in the north or some something like that yeah and then they were like, okay, well, why don't we just figure out, like, because I think the suspicion was like, it's clearly a picked head. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't make sense on this body. Oh. And they were like, let's just figure out, is this fucking thing attached to the body? On the x-rays, because they've been trying not to touch it at all. Mm-hmm. Like, on the x-rays, it looks attached. Let's just literally go in and see if it's attached. And Dr. Goodman just doesn't want to do that. So then Hodgins is, like, trying to be very nice and basically apologizing for his asshole behavior. Mm. He's like, why don't we say... You can't confirm at this time because you're waiting, waiting for technology to, to catch up, so yeah, that so you can, can do actually image yeah. or whatever. Which is smart, but also like the explanation that's given by Dr. Goodman does not seem like it should be enough to win Hodgins over at all. Well, it doesn't explain. I don't, we never know why Hodgins is so mad at him to begin with. We know he's irritated by his style Mm. of like theorizing, but like we start off right away with him being like, he feels like he's not like, you're not a real archaeologist anymore. Yeah. Like that's straight away. What is that even? I don't know. I don't know. They manufactured it. It's fine. So anyway, they're fine now. They're friends again. So back to Los Angeles. Bones figures out the murder weapon. I don't know why she had to stab the, like, why we had to go through that, why she couldn't have just been like, oh, it has to be that one, but it's fine. Because we know this is the only one that exists. Yeah. <laughs> um, so they go back to that surgeon number two, um, and it turns out that surgeon talks about how he realized he was, as we've mentioned, sleeping, doing surgery for sexual favors from Rachel, and then when he realizes that she's addicted to plastic surgery, um... He stops. Stops. Yes. Or no. Hold on. He was actually seeing uh, Leslie. Leslie, but then she was fancy schmancy. She was starting to think this was more than just right. an escort relationship. Yes. And so he was like, uh-oh, get me someone else. So we got Rachel, the girl next door. Yeah. And he liked her. Right. And then Leslie turns out was displeased with this she thought rachel was stealing him from her right also he's like a 60 year old man also he was not good looking but (laughs) oh sorry is that too real sorry i just thought that's where you were going when you were trying to say also like beautiful like 25 year old women yeah and this is like a 60 year old 
dude. I think it was meant to be like another sad commentary it, on these yes. women who are stuck in this horrible situation. 100%. And they thought he was going to rescue him. Yes. Well, not the, not Rachel. She just wanted yes. plastic surgery, but at least Leslie. Yeah. So Leslie turns out murdered Rachel because she was jealous. Yeah. And basically. they know this because he describes the first woman he was with yes. as like super flashy. Mm-hmm. And then Rachel was just the girl next door. So mm-hmm. then the fingernail that they found on the body with the cubic zirconia mm-hmm. in it, they Had knew must have been Leslie's. Yes. So they go back, they erase Leslie, and you see her have this, there's no uh, conversation or no, there's no audible dialogue. Oh, you just God. have music playing in the background. They meet in the same fucking rooftop lounge again. Oh, my gosh. She talks to Booth. You see her whisper <sighs> something sensual in his ear. And then he goes back to Bones. And, and the she's music like, is so emotional oh my God. and synthy. And- so then she, Bones asks Booth, what did she say? And he said that she asked him do you think I'm beautiful? Which is not what she asked. Like judging from just from what like her mouth was doing. I do not believe that that is what she asked. It's just so stupid because that makes no sense. It makes no sense. Rachel's thing was not being able to accept the way that she looked and thinking that if she just changed her looks, her life would change. Not Leslie. Leslie just wanted to get married to a rich dude. so She didn't have to be a fucking escort anymore. Yeah. I, I don't, but I know, of course, this was the last, mo- again, Bones was able to shove one last monologue into there talking about, you know, how evil the world is mm-hmm. for, you know, people not loving themselves in their own genetic face and blah, 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 erasing their identity through plastic surgery. And uh, here we are. And then lastly, which I might, I think might be the dumbest thing. Wow. They're able to figure out who Rachel actually is because they know she's been using aliases this whole time. Essentially, someone did a fucking Google search for 13-year-old girl in New England like who was in a car accident who had her leg crushed. Yeah. And bada bing, bada boom, here it is. They found the one girl. Like, you've been wondering this person's identity this whole time and you could have just Googled something. That a librarian could have figured out how to do. You know what's so dumb is that Ugh. fucking car accidents are like one of the highest, like, um, like most common causes of death. Of course, yeah. Uh, in America, mm-hmm. for sure. And New England is a very large area yes. of the United States. Yes. So the idea that you could Google for a 13-year-old girl who was in or a car accident. Or they didn't even know her age exactly, really. Yeah, well, I think. for some... Well, it was like is, from like 12 to 15 Yeah, one of those classic things where Bones is like, something in this range, she got her leg crushed and mm-hmm. we don't know why. Mm-hmm. So they, they, the idea that they could just Google car accident, 13-year-old oh, girl, New England. I think it was like, um, I think they ran them through like police databases or something because there would have been like a report on it. Cool. But like, but like, why was it necessarily even a car injury? Like, uh, whatever. It's fine. And they found the one girl who fits the bill, I guess. I mean, maybe, look, let's be real. Angela probably wrote a program <laughs> and like put in all the real world variables using the three <laughs> options for the face that she had. Putting in the Saxon characteristics, which is a phrase she actually used for the picked yes, thing. The Iron did. Age thing. She was like, I used Saxon like values. To like fill in the face, whatever. Oh, so white? <laughs> yeah. 
She's like, Great. I think this was a white person. We've established it was found in England during the Iron Age. I think this person was white. It's like, no shit, guys. Yeah, samesies. And I'm not an archaeologist. Anyway, um, yeah. Well, they found her. She was from Maine. Her name, her real name was, I can't even remember. Um, oof. The mother died in the car accident, though. Yeah, she did. So, like, they were like, but she has a surviving father and brother. So we'll get them her I remains. I did not write down what her real name was. I know. Was. Like, literally so much. There was some, At that point, I did not. There care. were several points throughout the episode because they're really trying to you know, hammer home that when you change your face, you apparently change your entire identity and that's horrible because you're erasing yourself. Um, that was also accompanied by nobody knowing her real fucking name yeah. because the madam thought her name was one thing. The doctors thought her name was another thing. The boyfriend thought her name was like a third thing. Yeah, there were like four different names. It was ridiculous. Her. And then finally at the end, it was like the last name. That's insane. Um, so anyway, Bones Tally. <laughs> Let's see. Bones Tally is at five but as we were just talking i realized i didn't count one that i feel like deserved to happen Mm. from zach because i didn't count um him asking again if they should just lay it out on the table but maybe we'll let that one slide all right so five i mean that's pretty bad yeah well it's like re rehashing a joke that you already did okay so six bones tally is six at least five and a half five point five (laughs) weirdly booth tally is nothing because I retracted the one I had on the Rain Man comment. Fair. Anyway, and they were belts. <laughs> oh, God. I didn't belts. even count. I was just like, there's, there's belts, belts. A couple necklaces. <laughs> oh. um, dudes. Dudes. Got any for me? Um, I have one that I was just introduced to today. Ooh, well, actually, let me read. Let me backtrack to a different one. So I mm-hmm. watched binge watched that Hunters show on Amazon Prime oh, yeah. about the Nazi hunters. Yes. And you like old Al Pacino. No. How <laughs> dare you? Oh, my God. Get away from me. I don't. Okay, let me first double check his age right now before I say what I'm about to say. Okay, he's 28. Um, I like actually the main character in it. Oh god! And I know you don't think he's great. His name is apparently. I mean, don't get me wrong. He's cute. His name is Logan Lerman. Lerman. Um, I don't really know why I know his face because I know I've seen him in other stuff. He's been in a bunch of stuff. I can't really remember why, but I thought he did a decent job. I mean, yes. We don't have to get into it. It's a 10 episode. I didn't watch watch the show, so I have no idea. It's a 10 episode season. And the first like five or six I thought were really great. And I thought he was particularly great. The last couple episodes are terrible. And I think they're all terrible in it because they're trying so hard to make a horrible story come to life. Gotcha. Um, So we'll just pretend that didn't happen. But for the first five or six, he's looking cute. I think he's acting pretty well. (laughs) Um, He is character in the show, which may or may not be real life at all, is this dweeby comic book loving Jewish boy, which is like literally my my ideal of (laughs) my future husband. That's all I want is to date a dweeby, nerdy, white Jewish boy who loves comic books, I guess. Um, so yeah, come at me, you know, guys, <laughs> if I was on Twitter or social media, I would tell you to at me. Cause I think yeah. that's, I think that's what young people say. Get on Instagram, man. Yeah. Um, I'll get one of those things, uh, <laughs> accounts and, uh, and then you guys can slide into my DMS, but, uh, yeah, for all the young, young Jewish listeners out there. <laughs> 
So yeah, that's my dude. <laughs> what about you? Um, I rewatched uh, The Mandalorian. Ooh, okay. Nice, nice, nice. And even though he's in a helmet the whole time. Oh. Pedro, Pedro. Pascal. He's, and I think we've talked about him before. Yes. We've mentioned him, but like... I am so into him right but now. But you know what the th- great thing about that is too? It's like you you're right, you never really see him take off his helmet, but his voice is hot. His voice is super hot. His voice is hot in the se- in the episode. Yeah. It's like super low and kind of like yeah, probably, like yeah, I'm feeling it. And it's just like and also the whole like, vibe. His outfit is super cool. Yes! I love the Mandalorian armor. Yes. It's just all pretty cool. It's all awesome. But then he's a single dad, which is also weirdly attractive to me. <laughs> Because my body wants a child. Because it shows you he can kill, but also, but also nurture. Yes. Uh-huh. My body wants a baby so badly. Wow. I can't believe it. It's insane. I... Like, I didn't think that would actually happen. Like, I kind of... You know how people, like, they always say, like, as you get older, like, you kind of, like, yeah. your maternal instinct kicks in. Like, it is kicked in for my womb. I'm impressed. And I... Because I would never have expected that. Me neither. I then. don't feel that I at all. I don't want these feelings. <laughs> I mean, but it's real. And you, yeah, let's let's acknowledge them. If you 10 years ago had been like, you know, if like my had a little cousin at, at one point uh, and when he was a baby, like I was like, no, I don't need to hold him or anything. That's cool. Now I would love to. Huh. I absolutely love fucking love you know what's to interesting hold is a baby. My sister just had a baby last year. Mm. He just turned one. Um, and I... It's been so lovely. I am so psyched about being his aunt and he's adorable. But that whole experience of watching her be pregnant and Mm. then have to raise a small child has actually made me think twice about whether I want kids. Oh, 100%. It like it just is so brutal. Yeah. Especially (laughs) like pregnancy seems just fucking awful. Yeah, she had kind of a difficult one. And then, like, also, like, babies are fucking annoying, man. Yeah, man. Like, I only have to hang out with him when he's pretty much having a good time. Yeah. And then when he starts to get fussy, I just hand him back. And even then, I'm just like, my God, he cries a lot sometimes. Like, especially when he was a baby baby. Wait, he's still a baby. A very young baby. You know what I mean? (laughs) I will say, a mutual friend of ours has a two-year-old who is adorable. Ah, yes. Um, and she had a full on meltdown mm-hmm. while I was there. And like, she, you know how kids just, their moods change like yeah. with Plus the dust of wind. It's like yeah. terrible twos, terrible threes, 100%. whatever. And so like, she'd be happy at some point and then she'd start cre- screaming and crying. And then you'd show her like a picture of a puppy and she'd be like, yay. And then she'd go back to crying. And then she had a full on meltdown later in the evening. Oh boy. And none of it bothered me. I was totally just like, it's fine. Like, whatever. That's so interesting. It's, and I'm not naturally a terribly patient person, but I don't know if it was just my mood that day or like something has changed in me that it doesn't bother me as much because my body, body just wants it so badly. But I was, I found, I was surprised by myself of like, oh, I don't really, it's fine. Maybe and it's like just, it was screaming. Maybe it's just like exposure. Because maybe. I noticed that with like my sister and her husband, like they're from the outside, it seems like they're very impatient with him when when my nephew gets upset. Yeah. Um, 
And I was a little surprised by that because my sister, especially, she's like such a nurturing person. Mm. She's so patient. Um, and then I realized like, oh, they're just like, it's been a year of this. Like oh, they're God, up yes. the wall. And it's also accelerating because he's becoming like, you know, he's walking now. Oh, he's like way yeah. more active. And then he's also developing these tantrum-y type things oh, as he God. gets older. Yeah. Um, and so like he's also just getting louder because he's he babbles a lot and he's mm. been babbling more and more. And he like screams and yeah. he's like... So I can just see like their fuse with him is like so much shorter. And I don't mean this. Understandably so. Yeah. yeah, And I don't mean it to criticize them at all. It's just like they're just like, oh, my God, all day with this kid. And I'm like, that's that's why I was saying like, I I wonder, like I'm there for like four days at a time. Mm -hmm. And the first day I'm like, oh, he's so cute. I love him. Oh, why is he sad? And then by the fourth day, I'm like, oh, my God, I just like hand him back and I leave. Which I'm sure (laughs) same was how I would be also if I had that much exposure. (laughs) But I, yeah, I don't that know. being said, yes, let us support your instincts, your natural instincts. But my brain doesn't want it. Mm. I, oh, God. Well, I do find it also helpful, too, that I feel like parents are being a little more honest these days of like, yes, sometimes like now that I'm old enough to have friends with kids. Mm hmm. They're like, yes, sometimes kids are the best thing in the world. Other times they're the fucking worst. And yeah. Like, just people being more open and honest about totally. that is really nice. Especially now with everybody like at home with oh their kids all day. I God. feel like you're seeing a lot of social media posts about like just talking about how much of a nightmare it can be. Yeah. And I'm just like, I yeah, I appreciate that honesty I a lot. I can't even imagine. I feel like too, a lot of times I've heard mostly men mm-hmm. so i don't know if it's a little different for women because i think there is a difference in the type of bond that is formed just by nature totally. like you like of literally course. grew this baby in your womb mm-hmm. um versus men they mostly bond after the birth mm-hmm. um but like it was just funny because like i've seen a lot of interviews with new dads like in the host will always be like oh my god and your dad and you're like how old's your kid now mm-hmm. and then like i've heard a lot like oh now that they're four or five it's so great this is the perfect age like before of course i loved them but like it was just like what the fuck do you even do with this baby but now they're like five six seven whatever it's like so amazing so it kind of makes me think like yeah i think those beginning years are just really brutal a lot oh yeah and then once they kind of are able to be a little bit more like regulated with their emotions maybe oh, <laughs> or yeah, totally like a little bit more of an they're, actual human then you can like they're no longer just a sack of potatoes that you just have to pick up its poop yeah and like feed they're a little bit over they're still i'm sure have tantrums here and there sure. but like they're not two and three at least yeah you know they're a little bit older it's like they're sweet they can actually and do they're stuff cute and, and they talk do, to them a yeah little bit. but they're not like teenagers yes. yet where they're like assholes so yes. <laughs> uh, yeah I can't remember why we were talking about this. Oh. Pedro Pascal. Pedro Pascal, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. Yeah. I mean, if Pedro Pascal wants to have a child with me, great. I think it'd be a really cute Oh, totally. I mean, that. yes, exactly. That being said, even though I just told you I was having serious doubts about being a mother, um, yeah, if any one of these men that we've discussed over the last couple episodes, they were like, listen, mm-hmm. I'm ready and I want you, I'd be like, totally. I'm in. Here we go. A thousand percent. I just, I would want to quit my job though, just to be clear. <laughs> I don't want to be a working mom. I think I would go crazy a little really at home. Difficult. Yeah, it just seems impossible. I don't know how women do it. And I, and I know I would also feel crazy only being stuck at home with a kid all day. Yes. But I just, knowing myself and how much I struggle to live my own life, just like <laughs> on a daily basis. Same. I just don't see me being able to raise a child while at like having a job. Yeah, I think I would probably try to maybe like work 
like freelance maybe oh yeah that's a good option or if obviously pedro's got the money to hire a nanny come on make me have to do that please (laughs) um but like yeah oof oof also, Oscar Isaac is just so beautiful. Oh, yeah. And they did like, um, I can't remember. I don't think it was Vanity Fair. Someone does like an online like YouTube thing where they like answer the like Google's most searched questions about them. Okay. And it was the two of them. Oh, and yeah. I was I've just seen like, those. this is a feast for my goddamn eyes. <laughs> You're both so adorable. Ugh. Um, you just reminded me, I don't know why this made me think of this when you mm. said Oscar Isaac, but mm-hmm. you know, um, Max Greenfield from oh, New yeah. Girl and stuff. I normally when he, well, so I watched like a couple seasons of New Girl, like Same. maybe like one or two. Same. Um, and I didn't think he was particularly attractive and maybe mm. it was just because of also the character he played. I found yes. a little annoying. Totally. But recently, again, you know, all these celebrities are posting stuff online. Yes. He posted a video just making fun of how hard it is to homeschool your kids. Oh, God, yeah. And there was a video of him and his daughter. And just, first of all, he looks way better when he's not being his character. Totally. He looks, like, way hotter and like a normal person. And also, like, the clothes that his character always wore, I don't, like, they're always very, like, slick. And just him as, like, a sweatshirt, I find much more attractive. Yeah, he was just wearing a sweatshirt and, like, a hat. And I was just like, this is way more relatable and way more my vibe. Totally. And then his daughter was so cute cute and i was just like they're really funny i would like to marry you now thank you so (laughs) i'm just gonna shout out max greenfield um also if i was a parent right now i would not try to homeschool my kid i'd just be like you know what we're just gonna do some fun activities and that's it i'm not gonna sit and like try to teach you especially when like you're a young kid Mm -hmm. when you're seven years old fucking whatever who cares like i'd probably just do what my parents did to me which was they would go to stores that were for teachers like they sold workbooks and then they would buy the workbooks that were like two or three grade levels ahead and then they would give us homework on top of our regular homework what so like up until or high school i mean sorry like my freshman year of high school every day i had to do my homework but then i had to do like the workbook homework so what? Anyway, if I hadn't, if my parents hadn't done this to me, I wouldn't have known that there were these teacher stores. So I didn't know there was a teacher store. Yeah, I don't know how my mom found it. Well, presumably she asked one of my fucking teachers. <laughs> um. Anyway, so I feel like in this time, they just gave. They didn't teach us. By the way, I just want to make that super clear. They just gave us the workbooks, and we're like, every day you need to do two pages out of these four books. So, like, nobody was teaching me fucking anything. I just had to figure it out. I feel like that's pretty much what I'd be doing now if I was a parent. I'd just be like, take these books, fill out two pages a day. Yeah, that And I'd works. walk away. That's my, that's my teaching methodology. Zen, the more I learn about your life, <laughs> the more I'm, I... I mean, to be fair, you went to two Ivy League schools. Like, you clearly did something right. <laughs> like, that's... I, fucking in sometimes i forget that these things happened and then like you remember them and you mention them in passing to people and the reactions are kind of funny because it just obviously seems so normal to me when i was very young and we were like very very poor so like we were not going to be buying stuff we didn't need to buy my mom would hand write worksheets and then she would give them to my dad and he would photocopy them and then i would be given homework that my mom hand wrote like addition worksheets, subtraction, division, like multiplication tables. When we would drive in the car, she would just make me recite multiplication tables to her. What? Like over and over again, like one through 12. 
So anyway, and you know what? I even then didn't turn out to be like Bones. And I fucking know what, you know, goddamn these pop culture references that she's always like, what's that? What's the Grinch? You know, like, fuck you. Yeah, but what's 12 times 12? (laughs) I'm waiting for the answer. So First of all, it's 144. (laughs) Secondly, it's just like, my parents, we didn't have like cable. Like we, they didn't pay for any of this stuff. And I still know what these movies are. So go fuck yourself. That's true. I still know what Star Trek is and what <laughs> X-Files are. So like, anyway. Sorry. Yeah, Bones not has to, no excuse. Not to bring this back to a complainy. <laughs> well, you're bringing it back to Bones, which is essentially kind of why we're here. <laughs> I guess. Sort of. Yeah. Uh, oh. That's crazy. <laughs> That's insane. Yeah. My parents, my mom bought me my first SAT prep book when I was in sixth grade. And mind you, I still didn't do that well on the SAT. What? <laughs> I remember being at Bible study because my parents also went to Bible study. <laughs> and that was their primary friend group. And the kids would just play together. Yeah. We didn't like take part in the Bible study. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I remember being at this Bible study and like all the parents and stuff were like, Everyone was just getting ready to go. And one of the other people's parents, the white guy, the one, it was all Chinese people. Mm-hmm. One of these Chinese women married a white man. And that was like, what? Gotcha. Scandal. I know. And then this white man saw me with the book and he was like, is that an SAT prep book? And I was like, yes. He was like, wow, that's like, you're pretty young. <laughs> and I was like, yep, that's correct, Jim. <laughs> You got it, Jim. That's accurate. And get ready. Your wife's going to do the same. Actually, I think she was way more chill than that. But yeah. Most people are. Yeah. <laughs> um, you're 12. Yep. You don't usually take the SAT till you're like 17. Correct. I had so much time to prepare and it didn't make a difference. <laughs> I own maybe like 50 books on that bookshelf. My dad looks at it and goes, you read all those books? I'm just like, yeah. And he's like, I'm so proud of you. That's sweet. Hey, I didn't <laughs> know how to fill this prep book out. <laughs> I skipped nearly every question because like I said, no one was teaching me. And SAT questions aren't like normal questions. They're like meant to be right. like tricky right. or whatever. I couldn't do any of that math. Are you kidding me? I was 12. I hadn't taken a geometry class yet. Do you know how much geometry is in the SATs? Do you know how many questions about angles there are? When my child turns 12, I'm just going to buy them a book and be like, you don't even have to do anything. Just pretend to read out of it when you're in public sometimes and just really impress the people (laughs) I have literally just learned about like algebra. You know what I mean? Yeah. So dumb. That's hilarious. That's so Asian though, to be fair. I'm trying to think of a hypothetical and I'm trying to keep it like on some kind of topic that we've been discussing, but now I can't think about anything aside from like, what kind of parent do you think you would be? Which is an insane fucking question. Oh, I know the answer to that because I have thought about that because I had so much conflict with my parents growing up. I realized much later as I got older that I would be way more like my parents than I'd like to think. Really? 
I, my parents, my, I think this was mostly driven by my mom, to be honest. So really, let's give her the credit. Mm. Um, yeah, making those worksheets, buying those books. She was the one, I think, that made us start violin so young. So I thought you were saying violence. <laughs> oh, I mean, and also violence. Um, but no, I started playing when I was like four. Oh, Jesus. So I realized, though, I would do the... I, when I have a kid, if I have a kid, as I just said, I don't know if I want to have a child. When you and Logan have a child? When me and Logan when have Lerman. our half Jewish, half Chinese baby, <laughs> which is, again, my dream. It would um, be so cute. Very cute. Um, I would a thousand percent make my child start a musical instrument at I a young that's age. that's normal-ish. I mean, and I'm not going to let them choose. And if they don't like oh. it, I don't care. Oh. They're going to keep doing it. Oh. So it's going to probably be the violin or piano. I like cellos. Cellos are fine. They're, they're huge, so though. Big. I know. They're such a fucking pain in the ass. Um, and I have little hands, so genetically, my kid is probably going to, like, not be able to play that thing. <laughs> so let's just, like, knock that off the table. Um, I feel like piano is a good basic. Ba- yeah, piano is great, and I think it's really and helpful. you can actually, like, just buy a little keyboard or something. Yes. And yeah. I like that it makes you do the, like, two hands doing separate stuff, because that's, like, I think a way of exercising your brain that's really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not something you do with the violin. Um, I would probably also give my kids homework like that. Really? Yeah, but I think I'd actually teach my kids, which is the one critical difference. <laughs> I think I would buy those workbooks that are three years ahead, but I would explain to them how to do the math first. That would probably be helpful, yeah. So, you know, there's that. And I would probably not be pleased if my kids told me, like, when they got to college, that mm-hmm. they wanted to major in something that wasn't sort of scientific-related. Really? I can already see it. Like, if my kid came to me and was like, I want to study music, I'd be like, fuck no. Really? Or do it as like a double degree or a minor, which is exactly what my parents said to me. And at the time, I was so mad. But I know I would say the same thing. What if they were like, I want to be an English major? I'd be like, fuck no. I'm not paying for that. You can pay for it yourself and go into debt, no problem. But if you're expecting me to pay for that, I'm not. I don't know what it is. I have such these ingrained things. Yeah, for real. Yeah, no, it's just there. It's in there. Interesting. I mean, again, if they were like, I want to be, like, I want to get an English degree, but like, I don't know, I'll take these other classes, then maybe be different. (laughs) I don't know. I I honestly, it's hard to tell, but my immediate reaction is not a pleasant one. And I apologize because I know you did get an English degree. Oh, I don't care. <laughs> but it's, it's just- not like I'm pas- I'm particularly passionate about literature. <laughs> it was just like, well, I like to read and I'll probably save a lot of money in textbooks because you just have to buy a little paperback. It also makes no sense because all I wanted to do when I was in college was study music and also take writing classes because I love writing so much. What? And I was so angry at my parents all the time for basically squashing those dreams for me. You wanted to study music? Yeah, I really wanted to do music in college when you say do music what does that mean like oh sorry like actually like study music and like go for like violin performance or something like that really yeah and then my parents were like fuck no are you joking do you still play no do you have any interest in playing i do i actually so i brought my violin with me when i came here for grad school and i just it was just one of those things that just in college it it stopped being a priority because I was so busy. Yeah, of course. So I never played. And then I got to grad school and I was like, okay, now I have a more flexible schedule. I'm mm. going to do it. And on and off here and there, I did actually do spurts of doing lessons for like a year or mm. there. But I think it's one of those things too where I had played for so long. And when I was in um, like high school and stuff, 
I did like all of the extracurriculars related to music that mm-hmm. you could. So like for my violin, I did orchestra, I did chamber groups, and then I also played the saxophone in uh, middle school and stuff. So I did like the band, I did the jazz band, there was a symphonic band, like, or, or at least in high school there was. So like I did all the activities, so you're playing all the time. Gotcha. And then you get, get like to a certain level of goodness and right. you're, you remember yourself that way. Mm-hmm. And then when I got to grad school, having not played for like six years, mm-hmm. and then I tried to take lessons, I was so frustrated by the process mm-hmm of having to learn again. And so like, I just ended up like losing the interest. Cause like, I was like in the beginning for a couple months, I was like, no, I just need to keep practicing. Right. But then it would be like six, seven, eight months. And I was still in the same spot. And I forgot that you do really lose something when you're not practicing yeah, every totally. day. And, uh, yeah, I just got mad and I stopped. <laughs> That's so, and you enjoy writing. I do a lot. Like creative you're an excellent, writing. You're an excellent writer. Oh, that's so nice. Thank you. I really like creative writing. And I took like one or two classes. My teachers loved me. And then I just couldn't do it because I did an engineering degree. And like the course load for it, for required course load for the degree is basically maxes out your schedule for all four years. Like most people in my right. engineering program can't even like study abroad because like the cl- the the credits just won't transfer and, and then you won't ever graduate on time. Hmm. So it was just like so restrictive that I just like took one or two writing classes as electives. And then I was like, well, I guess that's it. And then everything else was math and science. So even though you didn't necessarily enjoy that, you would still have your kids do the same thing. Yep. And even though you don't necessarily enjoy your job right now. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. And a lot of the, negative the one thing that i would say is like my parents always insisted that we had to get an advanced degree Mm -hmm. obviously their dream was that we would go to medical school Mm -hmm. and i didn't do that and my parents to this day feel very (laughs) shamed about that um but that's the one thing i realize now where i truly feel like that was a waste because or not a waste but i just it wasn't for me the the graduate school oh because like everything else as angry as it made me in retrospect i think it gave me a leg up because mm-hmm. I'm also not a person, and maybe this was just an inevitable byproduct of how my parents raised me. I don't have a lot of natural motivation, actually. And I don't, I'm not one of those people that you see where, like, they come from a really underprivileged background and they don't have all the opportunities, but they manage to break out of that. Mm-hmm. Like, that would never be me. If I was in that situation, I'd just be exactly where I was. If I didn't have my parents there making me make certain choices, I don't think I'd be where I would be today. And that's not to say that I think I'm as happy as maybe I could be today. There's plenty of things I'm not happy about. But I know that I wouldn't be this lucky with the job that I have, making the money that I make and being able to live in New York Mm. if they hadn't just made me do all those things that objectively just look good on a resume. So I don't think I had to try that hard to get here, if that makes sense, because they made me make those choices. You worked so hard, though. You worked so hard. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I worked hard. I don't know. I guess I just... And you still work hard. I'm just so used to being around people who've always worked hard. Like, I have so many friends who, like, worked way harder than I did. So I'm just... I don't feel like... I don't... I know object. I know I did work very hard. I know I worked harder than probably a lot of people. You worked harder than 99% of people out there. Think of... (laughs) Think of all the people who we work with. Yeah. We were often like some of the last people there. Yeah. You some often more than me. And like 
just plugging away at it because you would not settle for not doing the best job that you could or not getting something done on time. Like, Yeah, but that's me at work, which is like a totally different person than I was in school. I was not like that in school at all. I mean, that being said, now that I think about it, you're right. Like the engineering curriculum that I had was so hard. Even what was like by my estimation kind of a half-hearted attempt at it or like effort into mm. it was still a lot because oh, it was yeah. a hard degree. Absolutely. So but you cannot seemingly from at least where I'm sitting, you can't half-ass an engineering degree. Like I can yeah. bullshit. I had a course where we were supposed to read nine books. Oh, yeah. I read three of them and then <laughs> the rest of them I just, and they were fucking long too. And she canceled four classes. <laughs> But still made us read all the books because these fucking nerds, when she asked if she wanted, they wanted to like cut down on the number of books. They said no? Yeah. These fucking losers said no. And I was just like, Jesus fucking Christ. Wow. Yeah. Ass kissers. And so I would read like the first hundred pages, get a feel for all the characters and stuff and be good to go. And then you can bullshit an essay enough. Hmm. You can't really do that with biomedical engineering. <laughs> no, you can't. You're right. There is kind of a minimum effort you have to yeah. put in. I guess it's just, I don't, I've only ever done things because I've had to. I've never done things that are very impressive or showed a lot of effort because I wanted to, if that makes Be- sense. Because you didn't have time to do that stuff because you all of your time was taken up with what you had to do. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I think about all these stories about like, you know, comedians who like grind for 15 years mm. making shit money and like like having a terrible time and like going on the road because they just want to make it and mm. like they finally get the payoff like 15 full fucking years later. Mm. I would never do that because I would have given up by year one. I know it. Like, I guess that's just yeah, what but I mean. That's it's like normal. And also that's something that they're super passionate about and feel like maybe like that's all that they can do. Hmm. Yeah, maybe. You're incredibly smart. You can do anything. I guess I just feel like you were I would have I would have just sat. I feel I just feel like I would have just not done anything with my life if I hadn't been told what to do and like forced to do it because I knew there would be a consequence. I mean, that's what most people have. That's what parents do. Yeah. They kind of just you're in a little rat, you know, cheese maze and you're a little mouse and just kind of pluck you down and put you in it and then you know, if you start to run into a wall, they just kind of move you around and get to the cheese. You know what? Look, this is Don't why I'm in wrong. therapy. Yes, all credit to your parents for <laughs> No, I'm not trying you, to like, well, I mean, all, I respect my parents very much. But no, I understand also, like, the shortcomings of that that mindset in terms of being a parent. I totally get don't, it. Don't uh, uh, short yourself <laughs> on, you know, being amazing. You know what? Thanks, man. That's so nice of you. It's I guess true. I just don't see myself that way. <laughs> You're I, insane. Anyway, you like I so said, hard. that's why in, I'm in therapy. So, so much of my therapy the is day, like, like, how do what am I doing and why did I do this? <laughs> the other hey, day, that's weird. I wonder you if that's why. Up, like for 24 hours, you work till 6 a.m. to get a job done. Like most people uh, are not going to do that. That's true for a t- team that I hated. Can I say that? Yeah, none of them are listening to this. Yeah. <laughs> so like... The amount of effort that you put forth is Herculean, especially in comparison to the vast majority of people. I think we're also surrounded because we, because we are like this, 
we surround ourselves with other people like that. So that becomes the norm. The norm is a very high level of motivation and ambition and drive. And so I think your view gets a little tainted by that. Yeah, because you're just looking at the people around you and you're like, oh, everyone's. Yeah, everyone's like that. So intense. Which is great. And I want to be around those people, but also don't let that skew like general reality. Yeah, that's true. Well, and also if you didn't work so hard at your job, maybe you'd have more energy to like do things that you enjoy. But when you stay up till 6 a.m. working, uh, it's a little hard to find that energy. Well, you know what? And that's why we're here today, because this is one of those things that I do enjoy that I'm trying to make time for to live a more well-rounded life. Look at you go. Yeah, man. Okay, enough about me and my (laughs) weird, sordid past that like (laughs) apparently is very depressing to people when they hear about it. (laughs) I'm fascinated. I'm endlessly fascinated because we both had such different experiences growing up and yet we're still here so and i similar. feel like we have yeah very similar views on things it is odd isn't it yeah i don't know how to explain it well wait know. what what do you think you would be like as a parent and i'm so curious to know maybe i sometimes i think most people just end up being parents like their parents were so i'm curious to know if you think you'd be very similar to your parents um I'd probably be more similar than I would want to and even realize right now, but I think I would do a lot of things very differently. Mm. But because a lot of it is is based around education and stuff, and because they were not terribly well-educated, and yes, education is huge, and learning is so important, and it's something you should always continue to try to do, but so much emphasis was put on, we were just talking about this, um on you know good grades and getting to college and going to the right college so you can get the right job and stuff and just Mm -hmm. and now when I'm at this place where I'm happy but I'm satisfied enough you know I have a wonderful life I'm very grateful for everything but is it a fucking dream job no and that's fine it's a great job I'm Mm -hmm. happy to have it um but I don't know. I guess I feel like I we work with so many people who we've come from so many different places and have so many different backgrounds in education and whatnot, and yet we all end up in the same place. Mm-hmm. But the main difference I see is how people are able to interact with each other and how they're able to kind of navigate like socially, hmm. and those skills are not emphasized necessarily high school is what it is and school is what it is you're interacting with people but i feel like there should be some kind of emphasis on that instead of just reading and regurgitating information deleting all that and then doing it all over again which is how i think at least the american educational system that's what we do they just teach the test or whatever um and i think i don't learning things is important but also learning how to think for yourself is important and Mm -hmm. I don't think that is particularly well taught in school so of course I want my kids to do well and get good grades and blah 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 but also I would they can just go to whatever college and yes I would prefer that they do something that they that would be 
helpful in getting a job. Like it'd be unrealistic not to. Um, but I think my biggest regret for college was not like taking more classes I thought I would actually enjoy, like more creative writing classes and stuff. Instead, I just took stuff that like <laughs> was at a convenient time or something. Right. Um, so I think I would just, maybe it's a little touchy-feely or something, but they'll go to school. You're going to do all those things. It's all built in. Do as well as you can, but don't stress too much about it because it's not the end of the world. If you don't go to your top, you know, tier school or whatever, yes. you'll probably end up being just fine. That is so true. Actually, even as I said all those things like, oh, I would feel this gut reaction that I'd want my kids to do this thing and go to this place and study that. I feel like at least I hope makes a difference or maybe I'm still just being insane. I hope that it matters that I wouldn't want to do it in the same way my parents did it, which Mm. is everything is life or death. If you don't get this or achieve this, it'll ruin your fucking life. And then it it breeds so much insecurity, but Mm -hmm. also terror into all these life moments. I think the biggest thing that I feel like my parents didn't teach me mm. beyond just thinking for myself because that's a given because Asian parents have no time for that. <laughs> like, yeah, right. They were ever going to teach me to be my own person. But um, <laughs> it's really just understanding that failure is normal and common and it's yes, supposed to happen totally. because everything that they taught me about how I'm supposed to reach different milestones in my life was always like a very terrifying, like it has to be this way or else everything else is going to be a disaster. And it was very catastrophic. So I had so much anxiety about it all the time. And I think that is maybe why, like I, I don't, like I said, I know I worked hard. And the reason I say I don't think I worked the hardest I could is like, I know part of it is because I'm sure part of it had to do because my parents didn't, care about making me naturally feel curious Mm. and like encouraging that they just made it all about the outcomes yeah and like so I just knew to like what you said like teach to the test like I just knew that I needed to get this grade or whatever Mm. I never really thought about if I liked it or if I found it interesting Mm. and and then everything was like scary all the time and definitely exhausting way to live yeah it's terrible and also because you don't you don't like the achievements don't sink in. There was... Because it's always just the next step. There's You never stop and feel happy about anything yeah. because you're always like, okay, well, this is what you were supposed to do, A, because this is a life plan we've already all discussed mm-hmm. is the right one and everything else would be a disaster, nightmare. So <clears throat> now just like get to the next step. Yeah. And that's obviously been hugely detrimental to my life. I, I think that even though I did not have nearly the pressure that you had on you, I think that's how... I felt also too of just like you get, I have to get good grades and I have to do well in this test to get into this good high school. I have to do well in this high school to get to the best college I can get into. I need to go to that college and do as well as I can so I can get get a a good job. job. And then I did that. And then, okay, now you're going to work really hard and get as far up that ladder as you can. And I've done that. Yeah. And now I'm just like, well, well, and also I think the other, the, the, um, the other message in all of that, at least that I always heard, which is why I was so fundamentally bad at dealing with failure. And so when it did happen, I spiraled into a horrifying depression. Um, this was grad school. Great time. Um, <laughs> but like, at least for me, what I heard was like, oh, 
because everything about it was always about like hard work. If you work really hard and do this, then that. Yes. So whenever I didn't achieve something, even if I did work hard, it always was like a natural opportunity for me to feel badly about myself because the only explanation was that I didn't actually work hard oh, enough, Jesus. right? Like if that was the, if that's the equation and if yeah. you just work hard enough, then totally. this and then the next step and then the next step, when you go off that path, the only logical explanation is it was my fault I did it. So hard work equals achievement. So if you right. didn't achieve, then it can't be you did, hard And work. then so like, did yeah. you actually really work that hard then? And then the inevitable answer must be no, because otherwise you would have gotten the thing. Hmm. So it's like, yeah, definitely would not do that to my kids. And I would definitely not want them. It's so weird because, oh my God, I just insisted that I would do all these things because they were so great. And now I'm just thinking about all the intense emotional baggage I have. <laughs> oh, no. I mean, ironically... The, the next thing I was going to say was to instill some kind of work ethic. Yeah. Because I do. And it's not like my parents ever said, like, look at me working hard. You just grow up watching them. My parents rarely sat and just, like, watched TV or something. They were always, in, in a healthy way, they were always working and stuff. And I saw them work hard. And I realized as I get older, like, people who I know who are lazy, like, their parents Often are their lazy. Their parents are lazy. <laughs> oh shit! It's, Slam. it's real though, and yeah. so like, but also, how if that's all you saw growing up? Like, how else could you right get out of your own way for that? That's so true. Yeah. And so you're kind of if depending on how your parents were, you might be screwed from the get go. And now that I nobody really that I know, I don't think like, but you know, people you see in the news or whatever, like. When you find out they have kids and like, oh, this person's a shithead and they just had a kid. That kid's fucked. Yeah. I can't remember. I had that conversation recently and I was just like, of course that kid's going to be terrible. Like, there's no way they can't be. <laughs> yeah. It would be a miracle for them mm-hmm. not to be because so much is taken from your parents. So like, ooh, I really want to just sh- have them be curious, just kind of show them the nice things in the world and still a good work ethic, but not be fearful and stressed out all the time because I feel like that's how we were and it's just exhausting mm-hmm. and just kind of just try to enjoy life and be nice. Yeah. You know, I don't know. I don't think I'm the best example of that because I'm just like, oh, these fucking idiots. But, you know, hopefully uh, that'll happen. No, I first of all, I do think you're very much that way. I don't think... You're an overly negative person. And well, only when I'm not talking about bones. <laughs> exactly. Then we be both become monsters. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't... Sometimes I wonder about that too. It's like, oh, feeling satisfied and feeling happy. Mm. Is that something... <laughs> this is going to sound is that terrible. Yeah, it, I, yeah. No, yeah. genuinely. Like, is that, You just said this so perfectly earlier. Like, I know I have a good job. Is it my dream job? No, but it's a good job. And it's like, I think that actually should have been the thing that we aspired to. Totally. So that we didn't feel such a sense of like being lost and like confused about, is this really it? And I feel like parents, whenever they have a kid, their dreams are like, my child's going to be an astronaut or a doctor. Like, it's okay if they're just a regular person with a decent job, but they're satisfied with that job. That's fine because 99% of people are not going to be astronauts, rock stars, NBA players, like it just isn't in the cards. But I think that's exactly what you what we were talking about before, where it's like, 
if you just make it too much about the outcome and not about working hard, then yeah. that's where you get because now it's and like enjoying things along the way and like, yeah, yeah. like, cause now it's like, I, not that, I mean, for my parents, it was very obviously like, and then you're going to be a doctor. <laughs> okay. So that obviously didn't happen, but like that's but what you are, you have a PhD. Oh, I'm sorry. I met the real kind of doctor that Asians care about medical doctor. <laughs> um, that, and I didn't go to Harvard. So like they will die now being forever sad, but, um, you know, it's like, one of those things where I I think I I was assuming like okay either I'm going to be a doctor or a scientist mm-hmm. I already knew that going in oh, but like oh yeah well those were the only two options they gave me um, <laughs> and so once I said no to medical doctor then they were like the other kind of doctor then um, yeah it's like it's so outcomes based that like now I did do the thing that like I did it guys I got the PhD and I still fucking hate this and so if it had just been about like work really hard mm-hmm. and get to a job where you feel like you're contributing and you're competent and yeah, you're working learn hard. Learn everything that you can, enjoy it, meet yeah, great people, exactly. learn from your experiences. Live a even if, life, yeah, even whatever. if the experiences are not what you wanted or what you hoped for, but at least try to take something from it, which I yeah. feel like I have. I just, I think I would feel so maybe, I would maybe feel so differently about mm-hmm. where I am now. Um, we should say again, I, I, I feel actually pretty good about it now. But Oh yeah, I feel But like great. it was a weird journey to hear. And again, I'm I'm in a lot of therapy, so <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't all me. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's like now that I think about it, there were so many times I can remember sitting with my therapist and being like, I genuinely don't even know what I like or dislike. Cause like sometimes she would be like Okay, so clearly the PhD didn't work out and you didn't end up being a professor, which is what I thought I was going to do. Oh, okay. Because that was just like the thing. I'll get my PhD and then Mm -hmm. I'll go do a postdoc and then I'll look for a tenure track position at a university and just be an academic for the rest of my life. Um, And then she'd just be like, okay, well, like, let's just start at the beginning. Now that we know that that's not where you're going to go. And I was like having this crisis of like, what am I doing with my life? She'd be like, well, what do you like? And I'd just be like, what? French fries, <laughs> uh, binge eating, uh, and not moving for forty eight hours straight. Same, um, yeah. But it was just so hard, and I still don't actually think I know. I, I really don't know what I would like to be doing with my life. Me neither. And well, that's I, actually comforting. I'm glad you feel the same. I remember reading an article a couple of years ago, and I found it so comforting that um, it was about thirty something women. Sweet, um, who like us like they are smart and they've been taught to achieve and you hit these goals and then you continue on and to the next goal and by the time and they did they're smart they're ambitious they work hard and they hit all these milestones they went to good schools they got good jobs they went up the corporate ladder and now they're so unhappy and they're having like these little they're not midlife crises but they kind of are yeah in that now what? Because I've all my life it has been a roadmap and it has been stepping stones, and I've now I'm across the lake. However, this yeah. metaphor is going to go, and now it's just you just have to sit in it. Another, you know, glade of grass, and like, but that's just where I was. So like, now what am I supposed to do? I I've done everything. I don't have I personally I don't have any goals right now. It's just like I yeah. guess I'll continue climbing the corporate ladder, which. I'm so fortunate that I can do. Yeah. But like I have, that's why I'm doing this podcast because I yeah. want a creative outlet. I don't know what I want to do. And even if I did know, could I achieve it or would I be brave enough to go and achieve it? Probably not. Cause I have uh, stability. And how do you leave that once you have it and you've had it for 
five, ten years. I mean, I feel the exact same way. Yeah. And I, I have these thoughts all the time. I'm like, what if I just quit and just like, <laughs> just, yeah. just did whatever I wanted for like a year or something like I, I think don't even about know that. what I would want yeah I'm like what if like I just work really hard for the next couple of years and save up money and then I just quit and just see what happens for a year or something I exactly I don't even know what the fuck I would do in that year but also like you said being brave enough to do it I don't think I am I mean I'm not I'm not a person that comes from a family with money I don't have a sense of security if I'm not making money same so it's like I was raised to work towards stability. Right. Independence and stability. It's, everything about my parents' financial situation when I was growing up was so unstable. It just made me scared about feeling that same level of financial insecurity oh, totally. again. So it's like the idea of quitting what is objectively a very stable and good job mm. to like just like find myself seems so stupid and, and spoiled. Yes. So self-indulgent. Yeah. It's like, are you joking right now? Yeah. Um, you know what I can't do? Eat, pray, love. <laughs> <laughs> get the fuck out of here but it's just at the same time it's like the other half of me that just feels like is this seriously it for me yes it's like this is gonna be it my career right now i don't want to do this till i'm 65 right i don't know but man. now what wow well this, this is a very different podcast <laughs> this is called 30 something bones <laughs> men we want a bone and then also all of our existential crises <laughs> verbalized <laughs> in a really quick 10 minute snippet towards the end <laughs> Just let us lay it all on you. No, it's going to be like a two and a half hour podcast. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Guys, if you've made it this far. I'm so sorry. Congratulations. If you feel the same, I don't know, write in and let us know. I keep telling people to write in. Just write in and let us know. <laughs> write in. Uh, uh, follow us on a Instagram handle that none of us know what it is. It's ONR Podcast. Let us know if you also similarly feel like you're so lucky to be to have the life you have, but also hate it. Let us know. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Let us know if you're 30-something and aching for a baby. <laughs> <laughs> and furthermore, let us know who you want to bone. Oh, my God, yeah. Oh, my God. I hope I hope you just get spammed with pictures of other men, <laughs> naked men. I'm so okay with that. But no dick pics, to be clear. I wouldn't. It's fine. Wait. <laughs> fine okay <laughs> as long as they're not too aggressive <laughs> okay so uh clearly jack's just solicited them i was it's gonna fine. say no unsolicited dick pics but Let's okay they've i'm been, the one checking they've it's been fine. solicited all right uh what is the i don't remember what our email address is i should make a bone zone one i didn't even know that there was an email address and so i'm also learning yeah yeah uh i think it's like observe and report podcast at gmail.com wow we are real pros it's not like i have any like people emailing so it doesn't actually matter and how dare you to the five people listening why the <laughs> fuck are you emailing us <laughs> jerry come on email me <laughs> oh and if you have any career tips you know go ahead oh, and send yeah. us through too please help me help both of us um thank you so much for listening for the zero people that are still listening um it's been great listening to myself because i'm probably the only one listening back to this as i edit it um check out the instagram that one day i'll update at some point because i still have too much to do during this coronavirus i'm tired of hearing people saying that they're bored i have a shit ton of work to do 
Must yeah. be nice. Sadly, with my I'm- dream job over here. <laughs> I mean, we are very fortunate to have jobs that yes. allow us to work from home and 1, continue working. Yes. But my God, do people ever stop wanting to advertise things? Apparently not. No. <laughs> people love to continue selling. I Discussing guess it is. drugs. I guess this is capitalism. <laughs> I mean, it's working for me. I shouldn't complain. Yeah, that's true. Any hoozles. Uh, <laughs> thank you so much for listening. Woo-hoo. And uh, we'll talk to you in a couple weeks. Bye. Bye.